0: saw something else today oh it was um it was an article i read this evening i was sitting outside and um it was talking about lsu football Mm -hmm. and the headline was um you know mass defections um cripple lsu season or something like or have mass defections crippled the lsu program so you're like mass defections oh god what's going on over there and all this is like Oh yeah, well, you know, they've been so loaded with talent that they've had a lot of guys go to the NFL. So this year they're kinda of down because they're playing a bunch of freshmen and sophomores freshmen and sophomores. It's like Oh. Okay. So basically, yes, it left you in a rebuilding year, but as you just sat here and said, they're they're loaded at freshmen and sophomore.
1: Yeah. So they'll be fine next year is what you're saying. So
0: basically for like the next two or three years they're gonna have a bunch of upperclassmen who have like three years starting experience.
1: Yeah. So, needless to say, it
0: did not exactly cripple yeah. the Louisiana State football program.
1: <laughs> and I wouldn't exactly call those defections either.
0: No, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, it's like, no, I mean, they were guys who were good enough to go pro, and they went pro. Yeah.
1: I
2: think
0: the last two years, they put they had 18 guys drafted the last two years. That's pretty good. I mean, that's just, this is awesome. I mean, now, they're nowhere near early 2000s Miami,
2: yeah, who I, mean, I
0: think had uh, 18 first-rounders in three years. <laughs> But you know that was
1: uh, that was that was a special. How did I not? How did I know you were going to put that in there?
0: Oh, you know, I just had to drop those in now and then.
1: All right. Well, you can keep dropping them in the all new Sports Show the podcast for episode twenty three. Hello, everyone. To it's, all it's, our fans it's out the there. MJ episode. The MJ. Ah, oh. yeah, we come back like Jordan, but we're not wearing the four five.
0: This is this. This means this should be probably the greatest episode that's ever lived.
1: Yep. Uh, Byron Russell is, like, very afraid of this podcast right now.
0: Oh, I think he just broke his leg.
1: Oh, poor Byron Russell. But we have an amazing episode for you guys today. We are going to be talking, of course, a lot about the Premier League matchups that took place this past weekend Um, before we go on yet another international break. How dare they take away our soccer? Then we're going to get into uh, some other U.S. soccer news, including uh, the Chosen One Landon Donovan's final game this Friday night against Ecuador. And um, we're going to also, of course, talk about baseball. Crazy, crazy divisional series just wrapped up. We'll catch you up on that and look ahead to the championship series. Uh, College football, you may have heard, There were games played this past weekend. Some of them got a little nuts. Some a lot of ranked teams happened to lose. So you tell me that my preview
0: from last week's show, where I said, "Don't worry, this is going to be an unbelievable weekend of football," tell me that
1: kind of came true. Kinda, yeah, it did. Uh, We'll also talk about some trouble over at the U of F. Something I'm sure Wes Bradshaw, you take absolutely no pleasure in.
0: No, not at all.
1: Uh, we'll talk, of we'll of course have our dumb NFL story of the week. Uh, we'll get you caught up on the TV, especially the man who now tweets about Sons of Anarchy like it's nobody's business. And of course, after that, we'll hit up So Raw. But first.
0: Uh, I also tweet about like it's nobody's
1: business. Yes, you do. It's the only way I know what's going on besides listening to this podcast after we record it. Um, but of course, if you want to get up with us after you listen to the podcast, and blast us for our predictions or praise us. As again, Wes mentioned, he was right on about this college football weekend, uh, which by the way, another sort of big weekend coming up But Hey, the sec West is playing. Uh, if you want to do that, you can hit us up on Twitter at all new sports show at West Bradshaw 21 or at Edward green. And of course, get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash all new sports show Instagram. Follow us on Instagram.com slash all new sports show. Visit all our YouTube videos. Which, thankfully, two more have gone up today. Thank God. Uh, YouTube.com slash theallnewsportsshow. You can, of course, email us to ask us why haven't videos gone up this week. Uh, that's e- uh, email us show at gmail.com. And if you just want to blast me and producer Des for why videos haven't gotten yet up yet uh, this week, you can mail us 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. Please do not mail us ferrets.
0: Oh, you said they could.
1: I know. There was the one time I said they could, and now I've changed my mind. Correct. Right. Or maybe I'm just saying don't send ferrets so they actually will send ferrets. Maybe it's reverse psychology. Is that like some Beastmaster stuff or something? It's That's exactly what it is. Oh! <laughs> yes. And that is the cry heard from everywhere in Aston Villa this past weekend in the Barclays Premier League. Big, big weekend for a lot of teams, including, as we mentioned, Aston Villa nil, Manchester City 2. Of course, all the other Saturday matches included Hull City keep on rolling, 2-0 over Crystal Palace. Leicester and Burnley played to a promotion draw 2-2. Liverpool, dun da they get a win against West Brom Albion 2 to 1. Sunderland 3, Stoke 1. Suddenly the Stadium of Light is looking just a little bit happier. Swansea 2, Newcastle 2. Alan Pardue, you're not getting sacked in the morning unless it's two weeks from now, in which case you probably are. And then on That's Sunday, we had four more matches Manchester United 2, Everton 1. Plucky Manchester United getting a win. Uh, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 0. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Southampton 0, Lorenzo Pochettino, he doesn't care. And West Ham United 2, Queen's Park Rangers 0. Your Barclays Premier League table looks like this. Chelsea currently still at the top, 19 points in seven matches. City now behind them in second with 14 points. Southampton fall one spot to 13 points. Man United in fourth How, I'm not sure, but they are with 11 points. Swansea in that Europa position right now, they have 11 points. Tottenham in six with 11. And then at the bottom, we find Everton. Everton just outside the relegation zone. With six points in seven matches. And in the actual relegation zone, three teams with four points apiece Newcastle, Burnley, and QPR. So, Wes, that is the overview. Let us get right into it. Let's start at Anfield. Liverpool 2, West Brom 1. Adam Lana with his first goal for the Mighty Red, along with a Jordan Henderson goal in the 61st minute, were all Brendan Rodgers and crew needed to pick up all three points against West Brom. Maybe most importantly, though, Mario Balotelli, not in the starting lineup.
0: That's right, but uh, Balotelli did come on late and actually played pretty daggone well. Um, little tactical switch that Brendan Rodgers made in this match, and I'm very, very interested to see going forward uh, how he can, conti- if he continues with this, if it's going to be a one-off or if it's going to be something, you know, hey, I've got this in my back pocket and I can bust it out when I need to. Steven Gerrard, who over the last 18 months has you know pretty much been converted into a central defensive midfielder sitting right in front of that front four, or that back four, excuse me. Stevie G was suddenly found in the, the number 10 role that saw him playing the best football of his career back in the uh, mid-2000s into the late 2000s, um, especially when Fernando Torres was running rampant, Uh, over the Premier League, a lot of that was because Steven Gerrard was so good at setting him up. Hmm. The other day, uh, Brendan just, I don't know if he had been practicing it or if he did it maybe out of a little bit of desperation, but for about the last 20 minutes of the match, slid Stevie over into the number 10, and it was the best that we've seen out of Balotelli. Did not score, but had a couple of really nice shots that Keeper made good saves on. One was directly at the Keeper. But that seemed to maybe bring out a lot in Balotelli. And when you look at it this year, of course, you know, Coutinho has not not been in form all season, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which was a little surprising because he was very good over the summer. Of course, when we saw them in the (laughs) most important competition in the world. Sterling is still, for as good as Raheem Sterling has been, he's 19. Mm Mm-hmm. He's 19 years old. You're now in a spot where you're going to play two, sometimes three matches in a seven-day period. Certainly. You, you can't play the kid every match balls to the wall. Right. Tio's not really getting the job done. Lolana Lolana's starting to look good. He's finally rounding into form, as you said, got the goal the other day. But Stevie G, he's still, while he has lost some pace, Stevie G still may be one of the best passers in the world. And really, isn't that what you're looking for out of your number 10? You're not asking him anymore to be that box-to-box midfielder that made him famous when he led Liverpool to Champions League glory. You're not asking him to do that anymore. If he can just do what he does so well, which is find that killer pass, find that guy cutting behind defenses – You know, find that little, uh, just that little one-two. He and Balotelli got together for a really nice, pretty much one-two-three, where Balotelli got off a nice shot was just directly at the keeper. They got together for a really nice combination there, and I just, I think Liverpool looked really dangerous with Stevie there. Unless I don't think it's going to be something where we're going to see that game in and game out, but I just believe they were, they did well with that. And I've just gotten to think that we're going to see that more than once the rest of the way going.
1: Well, just looking at the, uh, the tactical formation here on the ESPN Gamecast right now of that match, uh, it does have uh, the average position for Gerard right in front of the center circle, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Literally right in front of where the ball is placed, he's right there, which is, looks be much higher than it has been in previous tactical formations. Very
0: much. Very much.
1: Um, so, so what do you think about this? Is this something that can be that can be utilized going forward against maybe more quality opposition? Nothing against West Brom, other than they're not really that good.
0: Well, here's what you're looking for for Liverpool. Right now, of course, Liverpool's a team that is trying to put the pieces together to this puzzle. Emery Chan, the young German who we brought in over the summer, I believe he's only 20, 21 years old. um, He was brought in to kind of be that future central defensive midfielder. Mm -hmm. He's a box-to-box guy. He is a midfield destroyer. All those terms that you love to hear (laughs) from those just hardcore, bust-your-ass midfielders. That's what he is. He's been out injured since the last international break. Um, thank you, international break. <laughs> um, and due to that, you know, we we have not had that cover for Stevie to let Stevie really do anything but sit back centrally. Because other than that, your, your only other guy right now really is Lucas Leva, who is just – Lucas is so off the pace right now, it's not – it's not really funny, but also since that last international break, Joe Allen has been injured, which takes a lot of balance away from your midfield. Um, but Chan is the, he's the key. He had put in some really nice performances for Liverpool in, in limited action before going out with the injury. Um, I believe if he can come in and show that he can play the role that will give Brendan the freedom to be able to move Stevie up front. And it absolutely, I, I still believe, you know, Steven Gerrard. once again, the pace might not be there like it was, you know, the, um, the, 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 stamina might not be there like it was. I mean, Hey, he's 34 years old. I'm gonna tell you now I'm 32. And when I was 22, I was going a lot harder. I understand how it works. um, He's 34, but like I said, at that number 10 role, if he's not asked to do too much tracking back, I, I still think he can be world-class because his shot is still impeccable. I mean, he is a great striker of the ball. Um, and Once again, his passing eye is as good as anyone in the world. I, I think he could work. Um yeah, Rafa Benitez, back when he was still at Liverpool around 2008, made a comment that he saw Stevie later in his career actually becoming a striker. And the reason was because, once again, you know, your strikers, you're not asking them to go box-to-box. Box. You know, you're not really asking them to go anywhere past midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stevie, his shot's so good, he's still got good movement, and he he can hold up play and he can find other guys. Uh, and... Even Kenny Dalglish, when he was there, said he saw Stevie's future as moving forward, not moving backwards. Hmm. So it's it's interesting. It's definitely a wrinkle. It's definitely an option. And right now, that's what Liverpool need are some options. And another thing you think of, you know, because Stevie is such a – I mean, obviously, he's captain fantastic. As a fan, you don't like blaming a club legend for anything. But, you know, it it has kind of coincided that since Stevie became that central defensive midfielder, Mm -hmm. we give up a goal or two every now and then on a pretty (laughs) consistent basis. (laughs) You know, where someone like a Chan who is, you know, young, fresh legs and, you know, has, uh, you know, everything in the world to go out there and prove, you you get a guy like that going in and just destroying – central attacking midfielders and destroying forwards that, that might really help. sew up that back line as well.
1: Uh, any quick thoughts on the, uh, the Lovren penalty?
0: It was cheap. Um, it, it was a foul, but it was outside the box. I and mean, that's the whole thing. It was outside the box. It was just, it was a terrible, it was a terrible judgment call by the official. Um, He got it wrong. There's nothing else to say. He got it wrong. It should have been a free kick, but he got it wrong. So uh, West Brom got one. Luckily for Liverpool, they were able to to get it back. All right.
1: Well, we'll keep an eye on Stevie Gerrard's average position in the field going forward as they have some big matches coming up still in this Premier League season. Now we'll move over to Villa Park where it was Aston Villa nil. City to Yaya Torre for, I believe, the first time this year. Obviously, he had some cake before the game. He scores in the 82nd minute, followed closely by Sergio Aguero, because, I mean, besides Diego Costa, he's he's the other one that all he does is score goals. He made it 2-0 in the 88th minute. (laughs) Uh, Manchester City, 27 shots, 7 on goal. Aston Villa, 6 shots, 1 on goal. Sometimes statistics lie, but Wes, I don't think this is one of them, especially when you start to realize that only two of Villa's six shots at all were inside the box.
0: Manchester City seems to be a team that takes a while to figure out everything they want to do. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You look at it last year, they they were not... The immortal team that they look to be at the end
1: of the year, early in the year especially. Yeah, they were only in first place for the last two weeks of the season for a reason.
0: Exactly. They would go on the road. They would lose matches they shouldn't have lost. They would just do stupid, mind-boggling things. They will make defensive mistakes. They would miss open shots. But this is a team, they have so much quality all the way up and down this <laughs> roster. Certainly. That uh, when they get it together, the only thing, if you're a Man City fan, you hope for is that by the time it comes together, you're not already out of the title race.
1: Right. Which they may not have a a say in at all if Chelsea keeps playing the way they do.
0: No, no. But, yeah, of course, you've got to hope. You've got to assume and hope that your rival will drop some points somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be ready to pounce at that time. But we may be as scary as we may be seeing City start to starting to kind of round into form. Mm-hmm. Um, Although to be
1: fair, we've also seen this before from City. We saw this, I believe, second match of the season: Manchester City three, Liverpool one.
0: I, I also believe that um, the more we look at it, I don't know how good Liverpool was at that point. Okay. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not taking away from that win by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the time we were saying, "Oh, this is an amazing win! Why wow, you beating Liverpool three to one?" That that was before Liverpool started losing to everyone else. Yes, yes. <laughs> other than other than Tottenham, of course. But yeah. Not yeah. to rub that in or anything.
1: Thanks. Uh, also, uh, real quick, let's discuss uh, Frank Lampard. Is he going to stay at City for more than just like half the season now? I
0: think he should. He's one of their best players right now.
1: He really is. He, he comes just, on again in this game in the 56th minute, 56th minute to sub off Fernandinho. And he's, been, he's just looked really, really good at, for Manchester City so far.
0: He's been fantastic. Um, you know, he's not quite
1: as fat. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> I always like that about Frank Lampard. The guy has abs and everyone calls him fat. But that's... That's what
1: it is. They're not used to acts uh, in England.
0: Oh, man. I can't give them nice things. Not,
1: unless, not unless they're uh, they're Spanish. If they're Spanish, they love them. But if oh, they're if God. they're English, no, no. What's wrong with you?
2: What's
0: wrong with you. Oh, you're English. That's a trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think right now, especially he's been a big player for them. I've been hearing things that he is going to stick around. So, you know, why not? I mean, yeah. he's, he's obviously still playing at a very high premier league level. You know, you, you never want to, you never want to be forced out of somewhere, but when you're still playing on the level, that's getting you into the team. And Frank, especially as a guy who you can put Frank Lampard on for the last 25, 30 minutes of a match. And buddy, you've got a great weapon coming off the bench. Or you can start him. I mean, the guy has so much experience, obviously, in big-time situations that he can he can adapt to anything.
1: You know, you talked a little bit about it with uh, Chicharito going from United over to Real, and I, I kind of made the joke that, oh, well, he'll be sitting the bench in Spain instead of England. Uh, but you seem to think that it would just be a good change of scenery for him and he'd be a really good super sub. Is that what's kind of happening to Lampard here?
0: Well, and I don't think Frank ever needed a change of scenery. I just think as much as England fans especially want to hate on Frank Lampard for everything, and part of that is because of Frank's England uh, career, I just think everybody wanted to believe that he was past it. I mean, he was not bad at all for Chelsea last year. His problem last year for Chelsea is they were just kind of moving in a different direction, and... Josie, you know Josie just kind of pushed Frank into the background. It wasn't ever, I don't think it's ever been that Frank couldn't play.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean this, this just seems to be Frank just picking up where he, uh, where he left
1: off. Well, you mentioned the special one, Josie Mourinho. Let's head on over to Stamford Bridge, where it was Chelsea 2 Arsenal <laughs> Nil, a penalty strike by Ed Nazard in the 27th minute. and then Diego Costas. I believe, let's call it 400th goal of this Premier League season. I've kind of lost track at this point. Uh, He's on pace to break all sorts of records if he stays healthy and keeps getting that horse placenta. But let's not talk about the game because, really, the game is boring and, you know, Chelsea beat Arsenal, whatever. Let's just talk about Fight Club.
0: As we we all well expected them to go beat Arsenal.
1: Let's talk about Arsene Wenger not doing the French thing and actually shoving... Jose Mourinho. Let's talk about that.
0: <laughs> I think the men in Blazers uh, put it great when it was it was a baguette versus a muffin. <laughs> um, I mean, these are two guys who a they are they are absolute legends at their club. Both are. I think it's safe to say both are considered the greatest manager in the history of their respective club. Certainly. You know, both are huge, huge personalities.
1: And apparently they just don't care for each other. (laughs) Which is not surprising given what we know about each person, that Uh, their personalities would clash.
0: In the past, they have always been extremely cordial, especially in public uh, with the media. But this year, you know, it started in the preseason. Arson kind of made some jabs and Josie kind of made some jabs back. And they've had a nice little back and forth through the media for this entire season, and apparently it just uh, it just boiled over. And uh, you know me, I, I love a I love a good little bit of chippiness.
1: Oh. Oh, you do um, love the chippiness.
0: I love the chippiness. So I, I had no problem with it. I thought it was cool. And I don't really care for either of them personally, so it also shows just what jackass idiots they are.
1: Well, and it, and it says something that uh, Mourinho so did just not because, even... Just because at that point, it, uh, it serves my narrative. So Of course. I love the narrative. Um, nice. We should say that Mourinho basically also didn't make a big deal out of the game. He basically very much downplayed it. Yeah. Um, so, so is this over or or when we go to uh, the emirates is this is this gonna blow up
0: I don't see it blowing up and the biggest reason will be because I think arson is a pragmatic kind of guy I think arsons gonna sit back and be like you know I, I have been embarrassed I do <laughs> not want to be embarrassed again I, I just do not want to buy players yeah which by the way just to add to uh arson's uh fun at the moment uh Mesut Ozil out 10 to 12 weeks with uh ligament damage in his knee so oh, we we're
1: gonna get to that later but that's fine oh just,
0: sorry just had to throw that in
1: just just throw that salt in. no I, I i love arsenal injury news what are you talking about it's great so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, let us hop on over to Old Trafford real quick for Manchester United 2, Everton 1. Anel Di Maria doing Anel Di Maria thing, scores in the 27th minute. And then it's Steven Naismith, Balloon d'Or for Stephen Naismith this year. 55th minute, levels it for Everton. And then Radamel Falcao gets on the board for the Reds of Manchester. He makes it 2-1, and somehow Louis van Gaal has stemmed the tide and gets his team all three points.
0: What is scary about this is that I still don't really think they're playing very good football at the moment. True, very true. But the problem is, no one has. You know there there haven't been a group of teams other than Chelsea who have really distinguished themselves as just being better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And no one's running away with anything. You know, Liverpool scuffling, Arsenal scuffling. Tottenham is scuffling. Obviously, Everton is scuffling. You know, City's City's right there. Obviously, they're second. They're going to finish one or two. Um, But those other teams that everyone would figure – were figuring, well, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal and Tottenham and maybe even Everton, they're going to finish above United. You know, there's no problems there. Those guys have all underachieved this season. (laughs) Yeah. So, right now, United, even though they have not played very well, United are finding themselves around that top four, and all they're doing is getting confidence, and I'm, I'm really scared that they're just going to continue to get better.
1: We talked about it a little last week. Uh, of course, uh, Captain Wayne Rooney suspended for the next three matches. This was the first of the three. Um Some people thought maybe United a little better without him. You didn't seem to think so. We can't say one game is going to prove that, but were they better without him? Uh,
0: Rooney is just such a massive personality. Oh, certainly. And kind of almost a massive, um... I don't want to call him a hole so much.
1: But, uh... You did liken him to Carmelo Anthony, so... I
0: did liken him to Carmelo Anthony, so yes, he is a hole. He's a black hole. Uh, yeah, actually, well, I, never mind.
1: I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> I just
0: think they looked a lot more fluid. Yeah. I just think their fluidity without him. I mean, not that you want to take away a world-class player, but I think with Rooney being out, I think the pieces just fit a little better.
1: Yeah, Falcao and Van Persie really, really gelling up front. And, of course, Angel yeah. Di Maria is really... He is the glue right now. He is he's got to Maria,
0: list. of course. You've still got uh, Mata. Yeah. You know who? Who? You know the thing is, uh, from game to game, Rooney can't decide where he wants to play. Mm-hmm. I almost think Rooney just wakes up today. I want to play on the right. Or today I want to be the ten. Or today I want to be the nine. And now without him in there doing this, you're like, okay, I'm going to play two strikers up front. I'm going to play Falco. I'm going to play Van Persie. Juan, you're going to play the ten. You know, on uh, hell, you're going to you're going to attack, attack, attack. Uh, I believe they they do have an injury to Herrera right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a tough one for him to deal with.
1: Well, that's when you. That's why you saw Merlin Fellaini in the uh, coming off the bench. Exactly, exactly. You saw Fellaini, and
0: Fellaini's still crap. But you know, you never know. It might it might click for him. You know, the Belgian and the Dutchman. You know, it was last year for Fellaini. I think. I think what we saw. I think Fellaini, Fellaini. was worse than what he should have been last year.
2: Certainly. And the
0: reason is they overpaid horribly for him, and that just put massive expectations on the back of Fellaini. Mm-hmm. Fellaini's not a bad player, but Fellaini was. Yeah, he was the summer signing. I mean, he was. I believe, God, I believe he was their only summer signing last year. Yeah. And all this <laughs> pressure was on him. All this pressure was on boys. You know, no one was willing to really give anyone a chance. It was just – it was so much on them that uh, I think it just crushed Fellaini under it. I think – yeah, I think if um – If they would just, what they're doing with Fellaini now, you know, they've kind of let him sit back, almost gather himself. Mm -hmm. And now when they ask him to come on, hey, look, okay, now we, we need you to come on and do a job. We're not asking you to come on and be the centerpiece and win matches, but we're asking you to come in and do what we need you to do. I really think you could get a, God, I hate to say this, I don't like Fellaini. You could get a better Fellaini this year just based on that.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how he does. Um, real quick before we move on to our final in-depth match, um what do we make of Everton at this point? I mean, there's no way they're actually the seventh best or seventeenth best Premier League team. But this isn't a good start. It shows
0: that Ross Barkley means a lot.
1: Apparently. Apparently.
0: I mean, he's, he's been out and he's gonna be out. You know, now while Naismith has been Very good. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, for all translucent players in the world, he's probably the best. Obviously. Um, But he just, as good as he is and he scored some goals, he's a good player. You know, you're not looking at Naismith like, you know, he's our future cornerstone. That's what we're building around. Barkley is one of those players. Right. And that's why the Chelseas and Uniteds of the world are drooling over Ross Barkley. Because of course you know he can go there, and he's a player. Where for Everton, you know he's a game changer. He's a he's the guy you're looking to build around for the next decade. Mm -hmm. And right now they're missing him, and they're missing that attack, that kind of that oomph that he brings.
1: And we'll have to see. Yep. Well,
0: and and they don't have anyone that can replace that. That's the big thing. They have no one that can replace that. And they have struggled for it.
1: He was a special kind of player.
0: I'm guessing you, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, John Stones now, their fantastic young defender, Mm -hmm. he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, Everton, (laughs) I I don't believe Everton's ever going to be in any real relegation battle but it's going to be interesting to see where Everton is come December.
1: Yes, and that might make it very interesting to see where Roberto Martinez is at the end of this season, if he is still with Everton. All right, so let's move on to our last match here. Uh, Tottenham 1, Southampton nil. Maurizio Pochettino, new Spurs boss, beats his old club without, unfortunately, any of his former players yet morgan Schneiderling. um but it is a goal by christian erickson in the 40th minute a thing of beauty from just outside the box that gives spurs a much needed three points again their last wins were in the uh, capital one cup against nottingham forest and qpr so big big three points uh
0: you know, Tottenham, that is big for them because Southampton have been playing really good football. Certainly
1: very good football.
0: All, all the guys that Southampton sold in the offseason, I'm, I'm not saying they've gotten like for like because I don't think they've brought in a guy as good as Lallana or mm-hmm. as good as Lovren or who else did Liverpool, though. <laughs>
1: um, but they have pieces that fit right now, and that's something where Everton isn't really working.
0: Exactly, exactly. and um, And that's the thing is right now, they're playing well. Their guys have come in. They've bought in, and they've jumped right in. They would have been – I mean, right now, Southampton, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to end up even in a, a battle for Europe, but they're going to be fine. You're staying up. You're not going to have any problems staying up. Everything's going to be fine there. Where if they had gotten off to a really bad start – now, yes, they lost to Liverpool week one, but if they had not turned it around pretty quick, they could have really – Really, I believe you picked them to really, really find themselves in some trouble.
1: That was, um, that was you, actually, but that's fine. Was that me? yeah, you <laughs> picked them to finish seventeenth this year.
0: Well, maybe I did, huh. but well, and
1: more to your point, I, I, I think just,
0: I, just, I just I just like to blame you. But anyway, if it's they fine. had gotten to a bad start, they could have really found themselves down there. But I think now they've gotten to a point where um, they're they're actually they're going to be okay. I mean, they should finish probably around where they did last
1: year, actually. Um, I, th- I think also to your point about that opening loss to Liverpool, I-, I think they actually played very well against Liverpool. And and as you said, when Liverpool okay. played in-, in City, maybe that wasn't the Liverpool we're seeing now. But still, that was a match that I think you and I both expected Liverpool to win fairly easily, and it was a battle the entire way. And I think that's when the moment we knew, oh wait, Southampton's actually going to be okay this year. they They, they might actually be... Okay, and they're probably going to finish somewhere between, like, 8 and 13.
0: Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that.
1: So, Um, yeah.
0: They're fine. Uh, They're fine. And one good thing for Pochettino, while he didn't have any of his former players, pretty much Southampton didn't have many of his former players either. (laughs)
1: That's true. That helped out a lot. Uh, Also, another good uh, effort. From Emmanuel Adebayor, he he seems to be trying at least eighty percent of the time this year, and he had a really good start up uh, for the bill to Ericsson's goal. So good to see that Togoin doing great things at White Hart Lane, especially after the very disappointing draw against Basictus just days <laughs> earlier. But hey, it's Europa; we didn't lose, so that's that's a victory against the Poison Chalice. All right. Let's move on to the news. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, Mesut Ozil, the hobgoblin from Arsenal, will be out 10 to 12 weeks as Arsenal injury news uh, continues to pile up. uh, In uh, addition to Olivier Giroud, who is also going to be missing time. Um, Where does this leave Arsenal? I feel like a lot of people really hate Mesut Ozil, especially Arsenal fans for some reason. Um, but so, so is this another Wayne Rooney incident? Is Arsenal better without Ozil? I can't imagine they are as much as I hate Arsenal and God, do I hate Arsenal, but I can't imagine they're actually better at this point in the season with all their other injuries without Ozil.
0: Well, that's the key is all the other injuries. And also you're playing in Europe and you're playing, you know, of course you got the Cubs saying you're playing Europe. <laughs> Um, where United, they can deal with the Rooney injury a little better because they're just playing domestic. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's not a shot. <laughs> that's not <laughs> a shot. That's just truth. Ozil, here's the difference, too. Ozil has just not been on his game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, he came in. He just came in like a fireball, just playing so well. And then it uh, it just it cooled down, and it just hasn't really reignited. I, I think you could almost see a play kind of like United, like I feel United will be, where they're going to play a little better without him. But here's also Ozil's problem is Wenger well, has insisted on playing him out of position. And not out of position, but out of his preferred position. Right. And the problem is, how many central attacking midfielders can you fit into one team? <laughs> I mean, you've got Ozil, you've got Cazorla, you've got Ramsey, you've got Wilshere, you've
1: got. Uh, if you are doing this, you player. have to have all Germans, is what we learned this summer.
0: Well, of course. I mean, it's always good to have Germans, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, that's his problem too. Is he just he he has too many guys who play the same position, so he's just like, oh, well, I'll just ship this one this place and this one this place. Uh, Arsenal has as much talent, if not more, than anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. They're extremely talented, especially on the attacking end. But um, that, that's something that's, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't believe Ozil is going to be the difference in them falling apart or being able to hold it together.
1: But he could be a straw that really breaks Arsenal's back.
0: Well, and where it might really hurt him actually is more in Europe. Mm-hmm. Because his game is more built for the European game Even than it is for the Premier League Oh yeah So I could actually see them maybe struggling more Champions League and Premier League Not really having too many problems due to it
1: And obviously we mentioned uh, Olivier Giroud also out He also joins uh, teammates Matthew Debuchy and Aaron Ramsey uh, yep. On the list of injuries for Arsenal this season very very tough times for Arsenal right now, man. Hey, at least they got Danny Welbeck.
0: Uh, which, sadly, is actually working out pretty well for him. I believe he had a hat trick in the uh, in the uh, Champions League game a week ago. Yeah, bit.
1: And, you know whatever. Um, Let's move on to some other news. We don't like to talk about Arsenal winning games. Uh, Premier League is considering games abroad in a 39th game reboot, according to reports. Uh, a lot of clubs are taking the idea of going on tour around the globe globe, I should say, with a lot of them pointing at the United States to play this mythical, 39th game of the season which I'm not quite sure how that works as 38 is the number that works best with 19
0: it's two of us then who have no idea how the hell they're gonna do
1: this I I, I have to I can only assume what I would have I would have to assume they would do it was they would take they would basically have to make the 39th game a rivalry game like right right it had it would have to be a third derby game like, it would have to be Arsenal and Tottenham. It would have to be Liverpool-Everton. It would, I guess, be City-United, although I, that's not that much of a derby, or at least it hasn't been in the past. Um, so, I I don't know. That would be my idea. That's the only way you can really do a 39th game.
0: Well, but I'll I throw this in there to you, though. The the only problem with that is, yes, for the big teams, that's super. That's great. Who's Hull going to play? I yeah. don't I mean, who's who's South going to play? Who's their derby game? I mean, who's uh, you know who's Leicester and Brighton going to play?
1: Leicester and um, Brighton.
0: Oh yeah, I mean sure, but I mean, do, and and I mean too, if you're going to make it for points, if you're going to make it as hey, this is a real game, this one counts. You know, if I'm if I'm a uh, Manchester United, well, hey, this is really freaking fair. I'm in a title fight with Chelsea, and you know. Chelsea gets to play. I mean, hey, who's a limit? Chelsea gets to play West Ham. Yeah. And I've got to play freaking City. And I'm two points behind you. And this is the last game of the year. And I've got to turn around and play City again. And you get to play West Ham. How fair is that?
1: It's not. um... So,
0: I mean, that's my biggest thing, too. How do you decide who who you're going to play? I mean, it's just random. Well, one team you're going to play three times and it's going to count. Everybody else are going to play twice.
1: I, I honestly, I, I have to imagine that they're going to end up on not doing this as a 39th game. I, I'm, I imagine they're going to do this as maybe a final preseason game. Like all 20 teams come over to the U.S., make it, make a, make two days of it. Everybody plays, and then go over and start the season.
0: God, you are. At, oh, you're just begging for an injury. You're begging for injuries on that. You are because I mean you take guys, hey, you everybody's already globe setting anyway during the during the off season. and then you come back home for those last couple of weeks to kind of get everything straight and then you're gonna turn around and send them all to America. you know that six if you're on the East Coast it's uh, believe what a five hour time difference right As you keep going across the country, six hour, seven hour, eight hour time difference, you're gonna play one game it'll be here a couple of days, you're gonna play one game and turn around and fly back all the way across the country. You, you, oh my god you're asking you oh god no one is going to sign with the Premier League
1: two I mean weeks. you're just asking for foreign stars to stay the hell away two weeks in between two weeks in oh, between god,
0: it's it's to me it's just it's absolutely brutal I I just I cannot logistically come up with a way that this works now of course uh, that's one reason maybe I'm not running the Premier League uh, it could also be because you know I I, I you're not corrupt. I, I, I do this for a living <laughs> This is my big deal is being this podcaster. But I just don't know how it works. I,
1: I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. And, th- and there's no explanation in the article I'm reading about how it would work.
0: And I just can't find a way where it works for everyone at all.
1: Yeah. I, it's It's okay. stunning and we'll... Just keep tabs on that. Maybe we'll get to see our Premier League teams over here, but probably not. Um, To that, to this story about more money troubles, or not troubles, but money changing hands. Uh, England could go on tour if the NFL franchise comes to Wembley, the Football Association says. Uh, You actually sent me this story. Uh, Very interesting, so why don't you take it away?
2: Well,
0: for me, a that starts a whole question with the NFL. I just can't see how the NFL thinks that putting a team in London is going to be a viable option for it's them. A
1: ter- it's a terrible idea. It's you were just I mean, talking about a recipe for injuries. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, what, what what do you do? Do you basically just say play four home games, then go to the states for all eight road games, and then come back home for your last four?
0: I mean, it, it, it's insanity. I mean, you're talking a transatlantic flight. Um, and, and here's my other thing, what mostly makes up our NFL these days, you're talking about, you know, it, it is becoming a more and more Southern game. If you really want to get into it, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at guys from Florida, Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, California, you know, and most of these guys are coming from more of these lower, you know, uh, lower class backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to take these guys and, you know, sending them to New York or Chicago is one thing. You're going to send them to London, England. Yes. You're going to send. I mean, who, who do I want to tell? Let's just take our good buddy, Jameis. He, he seems like a smart. Oh, player. I
1: love Jameis.
0: We're going to send Jameis to quarterback the London silly nannies.
1: <laughs> Which would be, can I, can I go ahead and write that in as my vote for their name?
0: Oh, it has to be their name. Family Guy fixed that for us. It has to be their name. They have right. to be silly nannies, um, and they have to, of course, be a farm team for the Patriots. But I mean, I just I don't know how you expect that you're going to sign free agents. I mean, does for who is London a destination for as in the free agent market? No. I mean that's like I mean that's like uh it's like trying to get NFL guys to go to Toronto or Vancouver back in the day. And those were literally, you know, they're on the same continent. <laughs> they're they're easy flights, they're in the same time zone. They just didn't want to go up there because the tax rate sucked. Um I just this just boggles my mind how you think that suddenly you're going to get, you know. Uh, God, uh, who, who do we want to throw out there this year? Um, Oakland. Oakland, yeah. I mean, well, Oakland's about to go. Jacksonville. To
1: no, Jacksonville. Uh, she, uh, Sheik, Mansoor can go ahead and uh, combine he'd Fulham and the new team.
0: Well, sure. I mean, he'd be fine with it. That's that's actually, if it happens, I believe that's where it'll come from. But, I mean, you're telling me uh, Cecil Short. Or Justin <laughs> Blackman, their receivers. I mean, you're telling me those guys are like, golly, I sure do hope we relocate to London, England. Or Blake Bortles, yeah, Blake Bortles, who grew up as a Florida Beach kid. You know, oh god, I can't wait to move to London, where it's gonna, where during our season, especially every day, it's gonna be 39 degrees and rain all day.
1: That's what happens when the sky is closer to the ground. Um, <laughs> what does this uh, also say, though, about the FA? I mean, they're in this article they're the ones that want the franchise. They just want to get paid. Well, yeah, there's that.
2: There's,
0: there's nothing else. The FA is all about the money. Um, and they're, they're just all about making money uh, on Wembley. And now of course, yes, if you put a team over there, you put them in Wembley. I mean, there's really nowhere else you're going to put them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, Liverpool's having a hard enough time getting to remodel Anfield. I don't believe you're building a new stadium on Merseyside. Um, <laughs> It, oh man, and, and the FA, the FA, obviously it's a money grab, and and really right now they're more exploring the option, and I think they've got to be sitting there kind of like we are saying, you know, how's this going to work? It's one thing to bring two or three games a year over here, right? How's it going to work when we have our own team? And I mean, God, now Ed, just think about the year where they get the, uh, well, let's just say their AFC. South, I guess, because that's where Jacksonville is now.
1: Yeah. Think about the year that they get the NFC West on that uh, on that schedule. Well, I mean, even if you look at the AFC South, who's in the AFC South? It's Jacksonville, but it's Indianapolis, Houston, and Tennessee. Oh, God. I mean, none of those are in your time zone. Exactly. Tennessee's close,
0: but by the time you get to Nashville, I believe, yeah, by the time you get to Nashville, you're an hour behind.
1: Nashville is an hour behind. You're correct.
0: Yeah, an hour behind uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So you're looking six hours behind for Indianapolis, and uh, and there in Tennessee, you're looking seven hours behind once you get to Texas. I mean, it's 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 borderline insanity to me to even think about putting a team over there.
1: And we haven't even gotten to our dumb NFL story yet. Jeez, um, of course, the other big part of this story is that if this happened, uh, England National games would be taking places at other parks other than Wembley, who of course made some headlines when the match against Norway was very poorly attended. In fact, it was a record low turnout.
0: Well, I think right now that is more, that's not due to, you know, people don't want to support England. Mm -hmm. That's due to the fact that people right now are just pissed and sick of wooly uh, (laughs) screwing everything up. That's all that is. Mm. Um, Because I mean, England fans have shown that for, for generations and decades, if England plays, they're coming to, you know, they're coming to Wembley to see England play. Right. This is, I think this is really more of a, almost like a protest, like, you know, you, you, you're going to shove him down our throats. Screw you. We're just not going to come. Now, that said, you know, they have 50 to 55,000 at these matches. Well, if you turn around and went to Old Trafford, which, yes, Old Trafford does hold about 70,000 fans. But the thing is, you've also got that, um, you know, you've got that lure because, hey, it's old Trevor. We don't ever get to see the English national team. True. You can take them there. You can take them to a revamped Anfield in about five years, five, six years when Anfield's holding 60,000. You can take them there and you're going to sell out. Yes. And a lot of it's just going to be the novelty of getting to see England. I don't think it's a bad idea because what they're still saying is Wembley would still be the national stadium. Mm -hmm. Um you know when when it was time for when it's time for Italy and England in a World Cup qualifier. Hey, we're going home. We're going to Wembley, but you know maybe for uh, like this weekend, uh, San Marino. Yeah. yeah, go to go to Newcastle and play San Marino. Pack hey. it out because the fans are going to come see it, and you know it, it's you're not losing anything. And truth be told, maybe some of these smaller teams, you're actually you're going to get a really good environment there.
1: Yeah, and if you go to Newcastle, hey, they'll actually get to see a good team in San Marino. Well, there you go. So,
0: so <laughs> um, but 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 it's it's not as we see. Yeah, I think we were talking about in the before we kicked off the show tonight. It's not one of these situations where it's as doomy and gloomy as the newspapers make it sound. Right, they make it sound like you know England's being evicted because they suck. <laughs> it's like no, it's just that uh, they had a contract signed that through this certain time period, I believe it's through 2018 that, uh, or through 2017, that they have to play all of their home matches, competitive home matches, all have to be played at Wembley. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just contractual. They've never said, well, you know, you have to, you know, we have to play in Wembley or nothing can happen. I mean, obviously when Wembley was being uh, remodeled, they played quite a bit at Old Trafford, actually. Right. Which, um, you know, for for whatever you may think about United, Old Trafford is uh, a big stadium, and it's a it's a it's a it's a large ground that can hold that kind of crowd. So uh, I I don't see it as big a deal as it could have been. Mm-hmm. It's just that headline really hits you hard?
1: Oh yeah, it does. And uh, we'll be keeping up on that, especially with maybe more news about an NFL team for some reason going to England. I. God, that's just so weird. Does
0: it make sense?
1: Uh, things that really do make sense, though. Landon Donovan will be playing his final match for the United States this Friday night against Colombia. I'm sorry, against Ecuador. Um, I thought the Colombia game was actually this Friday. Oh, apparently not. Uh, it is Ecuador that he will be playing his last match against, uh, along with a couple other great players. Um, interesting notes. There's been talk about Jurgen Klinsmann's son sending Donovan tweets apologizing for his dad and all this other stuff, but I, is this is this going to be the proper send off for Landon Donovan this in this final match this Friday night?
0: Truly, I'm surprised that he's even getting the send off. Well, you know, apparently the word's coming down that he and Klinsy have actually not spoken yeah. since uh, since the whole deal. Oh, yeah, you're not on the World Cup squad. That won't so be awkward. That happened, they have not spoken. Landon has been pretty outspoken in his feelings about that and about the things about Team USA. I kind of think he somewhat got sort of a hater attitude. Yeah. Especially during the World Cup, you could kind of feel coming through. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm pulling for him. It's, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're
2: not. Don't lie.
0: <laughs> but uh, it's like, no, you're not. Stop. I uh, I think Landon should literally just sit back and in a moment of humility, which I've never seen Landon as the most humble of people anyway. Nope. A moment of humility. Landon needs to sit there and say, you know, they are kind of doing me a solid by letting me, you know, play one more match. So maybe I won't be an asshole about it, but I'm, I'm glad he's getting a send off match. He would hate to have seen his career end just being left off a team, you know, um, so I think that's a good thing. At least he will get to go out playing someone on his own terms, kind of like over the English summer. You know, Stevie G and Lampard. After the World Cup, they both decided to retire, so they somewhat went out on their own terms.
1: Yeah, and it'll be instead of giving him a testimonial, they'll give him this last game against Ecuador. Uh, he'll be joined by his LA Galaxy teammate Omar Gonzalez and a couple other players from MLS, including Luis Gil and Nick Ramondo. Uh, as well as future Tottenham Hotspur man, DeAndre Edlin. Uh, also, big names will not be joining him, like Clint Dempsey, Deuce, Michael Bradley, and Graham Zuzli, and Matt Bezler. They will all have MLS matches and are in the thick of the playoff chase, so they will be hanging there for these friendlies. All right, so that will be very exciting. The USMNT back in action again this Friday night against Ecuador in the hotbed of soccer that is Hartford, Connecticut. Joy of joys. All right, to one polarizing U.S. uh, national team player, to another, uh, news has come out as Jill Lloyden, uh, a former U.S. NT goalie, has come out in opposition of Hope Solo being on the qualifying team for the women and their chance to get into the women's World Cup. She doesn't believe that with Solos, uh domestic abuse allegations that have come out in the past uh, few months that she should be on the team. Um, of course domestic violence has been in the news very very recently uh, much with the NFL uh, but now this is, a, this is a little bit different. This is this is a woman being accused of domestic violence a very famous prominent woman a very important part of this team and while that legal narrative is still going the uh, U.S. is electing to keep her on as their number one goalie. Uh, what are your thoughts after, again, we pretty much blasted the NFL for the handling of the Ray Rice case?
2: Um,
0: it, it holds some merit. Uh, you know, I, I, I've always been a big – I always liked Hope Solo. Um I always did. I really, I like the way she played. You know, she's one of those hardcore, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out there and win a match. You know, uh, she's vocal. She's a leader. She is what you, I, I, to me, I think she's what you look for as a world-class uh, women's keeper. Oh, the problem for Hope Solo is that she, she much like others in the NFL at this point, has gotten in trouble at the wrong time. <laughs> it's Kyler was saying about Ray Rice. What you did was terrible. Your biggest mistake was you got caught on camera. Right now, this is in the news. It's obviously eating up the NFL. It's finally starting to, I wouldn't say die down, but you're not hearing it every other sentence anymore. But. As much as I, you know, I hate to say it, you know, um, why should she be held to a different standard than these male athletes are suddenly be, being held to? Um, I mean, because what she did was just as bad, if not, you know, right up there on par with these other guys. So, I totally, I totally understand where they're coming from, and. It is, it is going to be a big choice for someone whether to, uh, you know, should she stay or should she go. But personally on my end, I think, you've got to, I think you've got to put your foot down somewhere because even though, you know, obviously the women's team, you know, women's sports in general do not give you these horror stories on nearly the basis, on nearly the, you know, regularity that the men's teams do. Right. Uh, hey, give it up for the ladies on that. You're, you're not quite as stupid as most of us act.
2: <laughs> true, very true.
0: But um, you can't hold her to a double standard just saying, well, she was a woman. You know, if if you're going to go in on somebody, you got to go in on everybody, and you've got to keep it across the board. So I, I believe the U.S. women's national team should take action and should suspend her, um, truly suspend her indefinitely.
1: Why don't you think we've talked about this more? Like, and I don't mean just you and me. I mean, why don't you think there's been more of a conversation, especially with everything that happened in the NFL? Why, why are are we just not talking about it because it's a a woman doing the domestic violence now? Or yes, okay,
0: um, <laughs> okay, yeah. This is, I mean, that's exactly why. Um, women, it, it's it's seen differently. You know, it's one of those deals where um, they, you know, uh, groups say that, you know, we we want to treat everyone equally. But, you know, it's almost one of those things where women, if you're fighting for a right, basically if you're fighting, you know, you're not treating me like a guy and I'm being held down or I'm not being rewarded because of it, it's this major fight. But then sometimes it comes down to, well, you're doing the same thing a man's doing, you should be punished for it. Well, no, I'm a woman. It's different. Well, why is it different now when it's, you know, and this has always been a thing for me, why are you different now when you weren't different when you wanted more money? You know, right. or you wanted more recognition. You weren't different then, then you were on equal playing field, but now but now you're not? Yeah. I mean, why where where's this coming from? Which by the um, way,
1: I am truly a believer that women are terribly, terribly underpaid in general oh. in our society. But you you're right. If 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 I which I'm all for, yeah, here's more money. But we should probably not also then turn our back on domestic violence issues.
0: Well, and, and it's it's not just money, I mean it's recognition. You know, Title IX. Oh Lord, I'm gonna open a can here, but whatever. Oh. Um, I mean, with Title IX you know, it was, it was told to everyone, you know, I believe, I guess, it's you have to have the same number of sports. You have to offer the same number for both of them.
1: Oh, man, I'm going to look this up before you get in too much more trouble. But keep going.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there have been men's sports that have been cut over the years which were good, solid programs that were programs that have been around for a long time because, you know, you had to accommodate. Well, Okay, so we've had to accommodate. Well, you should be held to the same set of standards, then, you know. And by standards, I mean personal conduct standards. You know, you you can't say, well, you have to, you know, you have to fund this or you have to do this because I'm a woman. But if I do something stupid, you know, you've got to let it go because I'm a woman, and it's obviously not that big a deal. In the national media, with this case in particular, Hope Solo. When you hear the words domestic abuse, the first thing that comes to your mind is, uh, you know, spousal abuse, spouse on spouse. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if, if something happened to me, Lord knows, and you heard, oh, Wes got arrested for domestic abuse, you know, you're going you're gonna to immediately think, oh, you know, Wes got into it with his wife and, you know, Tracy has a black eye. Now, Ed, let me go ahead and tell you, before I would ever actually get arrested for that, Wes would end up with a concussion from the cast iron frying pan. So it would be back and forth at, at our house. But, um, <clears throat> but, but that's the thing. You usually think when you hear it of a man has beat up his wife.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that wasn't exactly the case with Hope Solo. If I'm not mistaken, she actually beat up, I believe it was her aunt and her nephew or something, or her niece or something. It was. I believe, it was
1: something. I, I believe it was the nephew, yes.
0: Yeah, it was something along that line. But, you know, when you hear spousal abuse, immediately, and her and her husband, who is former Seattle Seahawks tight end Jeremy Stevens, they have had a history together of, you know, kind of being one of those couples that are in the news for fighting and, you know, arguing and getting a little out of hand. You immediately sit there and you're like, oh, you know, she got in a fight with her husband and, you know, for whatever reason, she got arrested for it. You kind of brush it under the table. Mm-hmm. Because now let's put it this way: if if it had been Jeremy Stevens arrested for beating her, which may have actually happened before, don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's Jeremy Stevens, 6'6", 260 hundred sixty pound former NFL tight end wailing on his, you know, six foot tall, hundred fifty pound wife. You know, oh, he's a terrible guy. When you look at it the other way, six foot, hundred fifty pound wife wailing on 6'6", 250 hundred fifty pound husband well, you know, I mean, that just kind of gets brushed to the side a little more because it doesn't sound like it's quite as brutal.
1: Right. It is. It's very disappointing um, to hear what she's going through. And to be fair, uh, Jill Loyden who was the one who mentioned this, uh, also went on to say that she really cares about Hope Solo. She's been a very good friends with her. And she really hopes that as this is actually still going through the legal process, that it turns out that she is innocent like she she's not like trying to be a huge jerk about this uh-huh. but you know she she's simply saying it's probably not right that this is that she's still on the team with this going on and i agree and again this is another thing let's not screw up soccer you know this is this is one where soccer could actually have taken a stand and said no no we're not going to have this in our league we are going to do uh-huh. something about it also interesting, and I guess I don't know what I would expect differently, but all her teammates have come out in support of her as well.
0: well. That's great. That's great. I mean, you know, because you can come out and support you know, you can be against what someone has done. I mean, Ed, you know, let's say let's just say, Ed, just for crazy sake, that um, you know, you and I are maybe doing a football broadcast on Friday night and old Wes says something out of the way that was really stupid that he shouldn't have said.
1: Thank God that's never happened, eh? Yeah,
0: thank God it's never aired that that's happened, right? Yeah. Well, you, you know, you from your angle, you can be extremely mad at me for doing it.
1: Yes, yes I can. But at the
0: same time, you know, at the same time, you're not sitting here saying you've got to get rid of him, you've got to fire him. I don't want anything to do with him. you know. You still support me as, you know, because you and I, we're we're teammates.
1: Of course I would in this hypothetical situation. Of
0: course in this hypothetical. You know, you would still support me. That doesn't mean that you can't be very angry at me. Yes, and, uh, yes. And visibly and, uh, you know... Uh, verbally be very angry at me <laughs> and,
1: and just, and just not talking for the rest of the game.
0: Exactly. Not that this would ever happen, no. but um, you know, you're still supporting me because you know, you and I, a were friends, b mm-hmm. uh, B we're teammates mm-hmm. and see, you know, we, we weren't together, you know, exactly. we, we kind of depend on each other. Mm-hmm. So yes, you still, you would still support that person. You just might be, you know, you don't approve of what they did, but you can still support someone. And that's obviously mm-hmm. where it's coming from her teammates. They're sitting there saying hope, you damn dummy, you don't do that crap. <laughs> but at the same time, when the reporter comes in, oh, what have you got to say about Hope? Well, hey, that's my girl, you know, I support her.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So,
0: yeah, that, that, that's what that is.
1: What an amazing hypothetical you're able to pull out for this real world scenario.
0: Well, you know, luckily I just have a, a creative mind, too. Yes,
1: you do. Yes, you do. A creative mind that would never get you in trouble on broadcast,
0: would never say anything about Rick Fox. So.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, let's not go there again. So, again, this is a story we will be following, again, as the women's national team attempts to qualify for Canada, which, of course, they probably will, but we will look and see what the status is of Hope Solo and how public opinion starts to form on that as her legal process continues. All right, let us switch gears now to Bia's Bull as... I love it. As the American League Division Series and the National League Division Series have come to a close, thank goodness we got lucky on this one. Uh, Neither, no series went five games. But Wes, I I imagine that this has been one of the most exciting playoff rounds that didn't have a series go to the max. I mean, we have Kansas City, L.A., in which
0: sweeps weren't they well, all but two were sweeps
1: yeah two two were th- sweeps two or four game series uh but you look at the la kansas city series both of the first two games go 11 innings both games kansas city wins by one yes they won by five in the last one but still huge, very very tight games uh you look over at baltimore detroit yes baltimore blows out detroit 12 to 3 in game one but heading into the bottom of the 8th, it was 4-3 Baltimore. And then Detroit's bullpen came on and basically had a giant gas fire. Um, game 2, one-run game in which Baltimore has to score 4 in the 8th to win that one. Game 3, Baltimore wins by 1 with Detroit scoring 1 in the ninth, And then you go to the National League. Which was just as close. You had the, one of the longest games ever in the postseason. Washington and San Francisco going 18 innings on Saturday night. Which I,
0: I actually stayed up for. I, I turned over there thinking, oh, I was going to see the end of the ninth inning and ended up watching an entire baseball game. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, you did. Know, no. I I was honestly curious to see if the National Giants game would finish uh, after. The Dodgers Cardinals game, which started three and a half hours later, like it's just it's insane. And and you had so many close games. You had last night's dramatic ending to the Cardinals Dodgers series, where Clayton Kershaw gives up a three run homer in the seventh to lose the game for the Dodgers. Just just a crazy crazy series. Again, every game uh, but one in the San Francisco Nationals series. Decided by one run in the Dodgers Cardinals series. Every game decided by two or fewer runs. Again, no game, no series go to the limit. But an insane postseason, Wes.
0: And I'm gonna tell you, there were just there were certain people and um, a guy who might not be the most popular person in the world, but who I, I had to find every time he was gonna bat and flip it over there was Bryce Harper. Oh yeah. I mean, what, was there a boring Bryce Harper at bat? No. Nope. Because he hit three home runs in the series, and every one of them he crushed. Yeah. And and then, of course, last night he tops it off by staring down the pitcher the entire trip around the bases. Yeah. Um, Bryce Harper's
1: it, kind of insane.
0: He's kind of insane. He's kind of an asshole. Yeah. But he kind of has a big fan now in West Yeah. It's just something about it. It, just, it draws me to him. I really enjoy watching him hit. Um, you know, the pitching was fantastic, if you're not named Clayton Kershaw.
2: Mm.
1: Um, and still, it was pretty fantastic, except for two seventh innings.
0: Well, and, and by the way, he, he it's, it's over. He is no Pedro. <laughs> yes. You're no Pedro, because Pedro came in with a demolished uh, laborman through uh, – through no no hitter ball. This is this effect. is
1: going to find its way into every podcast now, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Everything. Every time we mention Clayton Kershaw, it's going to be oh man, he's great, he's amazing. He's no paid brother. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've I've really enjoyed it. I, I was not expecting to watch much baseball. Did it? I? Just, I have so much. I just have so many other things going on. You know, I was like, well, I'm not going to really watch the division series. I'll probably pick up in the championship series, and I ended up. Other th- other than Baltimore, Detroit, and I think it's because they played like every game during the day. Yeah, I mean, so I, I really couldn't watch that. Other than that, I think I-, I watched I watched some of every series. Other than that, I think. My- well, mostly I got. Uh, mostly I saw that Giants Nationals series just because, like I said, I sat through nine innings of <laughs> extra innings and then about three innings last night. So,
1: a uh, stunning little statistic here. If you look at the uh, the composite line score. For the Dodgers-Cardinals series, which shows how many runs each team scored in each inning over the course of the series, St. Louis scored one run in all four first innings, one run in all four third innings, one run in all four sixth innings, two runs in all four eighth innings, zero runs in the rest, except for the seventh, in which they scored 13. It's crazy, man. I, it's it's just absolutely bonkers. I and
0: uh, and then um, well, I guess out of our picks, I I got two out of four. Me too. I got two out of four, and and then um, you know the one the ones that I was most certain about are the ones I lost the two LA teams, which. Yeah. Oh, boy, L.A., what are are you feeling today if you're just a Los Angeles sports fan? Uh, You know, the Dodgers and the Angels are dead. Um, The Lakers are going to be a joke. Uh, You know, you have a new owner uh, with the Clippers. Uh, You still don't have a, you know, North Carolina has an NFL team
1: and Los Angeles doesn't. Yeah, but they have the Stanley Cup. Oh, God, yeah, that crap
0: started tonight. I totally forgot about that.
1: Oh, did it start tonight? Apparently. I think I heard it on the radio the day. Alrighty. Not really worried about it, so. And, and neither am I. Not until not until next week. No. But ah. baseball,
0: I'm, I'm giving baseball so far a thumbs up for the postseason.
1: Um, what do we think? Let's make predictions now, since we were both two of four. Let's make predictions for the championship series uh let's start in the American League Baltimore versus Kansas City which I do believe you coined the least watched American League championship series of all time but potentially the most exciting one ever.
0: Um I, oh man this is crazy. I'm taking I'm going to take the Kansas City Royals in 7. Wow. I just I, 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 I firmly and Ed, you know I firmly believe in narrative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I firmly believe in destiny. I mean, it's been almost 30 years since they've even seen the playoffs. They get in, they dispatch, basically they dispatch the number one seed.
1: Mm-hmm. And they get in through a wild card game in which they were down four runs to Oakland.
0: Oh, God, they were dead for rights in the wild card game. They should have never gotten out of that. They're on a roll, and I just i think they're going to find a way. They're going to win this series, and that's going to break Baltimore hearts because I think Baltimore is firmly going in here thinking that they're the favorite. I, I, I really Baltimore feels they are the favorite and they should be the favorite. Mm-hmm. They should be the favorite. I mean, you won the American league East in the past. That is a harbinger of very good things to win the American league East. Certainly. Um, but also there, there's been a trend where winning that wild card is a harbinger for very good things as well. Um, so that's why I think, I think, I think Kansas city comes out there. And uh, in the uh, in the National League, God, no one is going to watch these World Series. By the way, mm.
1: um, <laughs> I don't know. You you could maybe get a narrative for uh, Kansas City, St. Louis.
0: Well, yes, Kansas City, St. Louis is your only narrative, but the problem is that narrative is only major. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. In uh, I mean, what was what they called it the last time? The, uh, uh, the I forty something like that. I, I think so. Yeah. I think I think it is I forty runs through them both. I mean that that is that's your rivalry one, I guess. It's a rematch of a of a famous World Series in
1: nineteen eighty five. Yep. Um, that I believe uh Kansas I believe it's Kansas City. Yes, they won that one. That was that was the one that's, with the famous blown right. call at first base. And as you mentioned, um, that's if you want to really talk about fate, that's the last time Kansas City was in the playoffs.
0: There you go, and they used up basically thirty years worth of karma to win that thing. Yes, they did. Uh, so you know, for the Cardinals, I, I mean, I guess the narrative is, uh, you know, thirty years later, you know, the Cardinals are out for blood. But yeah. then that the Cardinals have won a pair of World Series since then. So, um, and I mean, and the Royals have been the biggest afterthought in baseball. Yeah. So. Ah. Uh, that said, I think it's San Francisco, Kansas City, and I, just, I have no idea what your narrative is in that series. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. Um, I'm actually going to with Baltimore. I think Nelson Cruz is basically going to will this team into the World Series because Nelson Cruz basically just hits when he wants. And Well, it's
0: because they're obviously not drug testing in the playoffs. So.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Even though I'm playing for Baltimore, I do have to call him. Noted steroid abuser, Nelson Cruz. I did it I did it last year for the Tigers for noted steroid abuser, Johnny Peralta. So I will do it this year. Noted steroid abuser, Nelson Cruz. Oh, uh, yeah. But hey, got him cheap. Um, so I'm going to pick Baltimore. I'm also going to pick San Francisco. I think they're just a little better than Cardinals. And although it does feel like every year now we have Cardinals, Giants, in the NLCS. And it's getting kind of boring. It's, so, been, it's
0: been boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's been boring uh the the cool thing the, the best thing right now about the giants is watching them clinch uh whatever they're clinching and watching madison Bumgarner chug like four beers at once That's,
1: and, and and hearing what Hunter pence has to say about it he's a yeah. really good motivational speaker speaking he's of word- good motivational speakers Um, I'm sure there were a lot of motivational speakers needed after this past weekend of college football for some ranked teams. Um, let's talk about the ranked teams that fell. Let's start on. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about college football this past weekend. I'm getting the thickening. Oh, you should be because, (laughs) because the ranks of unbeaten teams are thinning. Uh, so it's transferring to you now. Um, let's start on Thursday October 12th or October 2nd, sorry. Arizona defeats Oregon. Oregon drops from the unbeaten. On Friday, Utah State beats undefeated number 18 BYU. On Saturday, Notre Dame beats Stanford in a battle of ranked teams. Alabama loses to Ole Miss in a battle of ranked teams. TCU stuns Oklahoma in a battle of ranked teams. Auburn beats LSU. LSU now has two losses on the year in a battle of ranked teams. Mississippi State stays undefeated against Texas A&M, also ranked. Baylor, well, they won. UCLA goes down one of your preseason tournament picks. They're down against Utah. Um, Nebraska loses to Michigan State, even though they were the lower-ranked team. USC loses to Arizona State. Northwestern— On, 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 the, most, on the most bizarre Hail Mary, maybe, ever. Stunning. Northwestern beats Wisconsin. Wisconsin, one of my picks, somehow, somewhere. Um, what else? And that's that's it. That's Those are your ranked teams that lost. That's the most insane weekend. But, Wes, before we get to that, it does open up some incredibly tasty matchups this weekend, including at 3.30 on Saturday on CBS. Ladies and gentlemen, the SEC West. Yep. Yay. You guys won your playoff game against the other two undefeated teams in your division. Let's go play some more. Auburn at Mississippi State in a battle of two and 5-0 teams. God, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, at 9 o'clock on ESPN, number three, Ole Miss at number 14, Texas A&M. Here's a fun one, also at 3.30 on ABC, number nine. Number nine, TCU. They were 25th last week. They're oh. heading to number five, Baylor. Uh, Alabama plays Arkansas. Arkansas is not bad. Um, <laughs> Oregon and UCLA play. Stunningly, now they both have one loss. Georgia heads to Missouri. I mean. That, that could be the SEC East right there. I, I assume it will be because South Carolina's already had a, a second loss.
0: And and Florida's just waiting to be Florida so.
1: Yeah, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um please please wrap wrap our heads around around this 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 past weekend and this coming up weekend of college football.
0: You, know, you got to say man, this is October. <laughs> this is October in college football. This happens every year. Every team that starts 4-0 that you think, "Oh, they can't be beat, they can't be beat." Yes, they can, and it's going to happen in October usually. Um, Oregon you know, Oregon loses their game that um, nobody really expects them to lose, even though it seems to be the Arizona literally all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, you think somebody would eventually just pick Arizona to win, right? You would think. Um, you know, as for – oh, man. The, I mean, let's just get right to the SEC West.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. <laughs>
0: It's amazing, LSU. LSU may be the worst team in the SEC West, and they were a preseason top fifteen. Yeah, with one loss, they were still ranked fifteenth. Yep, and they still they still have to play Ole Miss, Alabama, Texas A&M, and
1: Arkansas,
0: <laughs> and Arkansas. LSU going to lose five games this year. And, but the problem is there's still LSU and they can, you know, go beat Wisconsin on a neutral field. Who's still going to finish near the top of the big 10.
1: Yeah. Who who thought we'd be saying this this year? Uh, they're going to get a bit of a respite possibly by having to go to Florida.
0: Oh yeah. Florida's in grease fire right now. <laughs> yes, they are. But, um, I mean, it is. It is absolutely. It's stunning. The SEC West, and the thing is, it's not Alabama. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. You you think when you talk about juggernauts in the SEC West, you figure you're talking Alabama, LSU, and this year it's it's, it's not. It's it's two teams from the state of Mississippi, who is a state that does not traditionally produce high caliber. You know. Um, college football players. They have some, and the ones that they do produce are very good usually, but it's not a massive production state, mm-hmm. even in the South. Um, Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen, they they those two are doing an amazing job, man, because neither one of those jobs – once again, you're in the SEC West. You're talking every year Alabama, LSU, and now Texas A&M in there. I mean, you're behind the gun every year, just because you're not one of those teams, and and Auburn, of course. Excuse oh, yeah. me, Auburn. Um, you're not one of those teams. So, I mean, for the for them to pull that off this weekend, it was just it was a magic weekend for them, for the state of Mississippi. I, for one, just being the lover of narrative that I am, man, can you imagine? Are you going to say what I was
1: just about to ask you? Can you imagine the Egg
0: Bowl with them yes. being ranked in two or two
1: and three? Could you Could you huh. imagine? Well, right now in the AP Top 25, they're both tied in third. They have the exactly. exact same number of points. It's insane. Can you imagine if they're both undefeated that last week of this regular season?
0: I mean, and the thing is, you know, you've seen this before in the Iron Bowl. Obviously, last year we saw in the Iron Bowl where it meant so much. Mm-hmm. But this is a game where these two teams, I don't think they've ever expected, especially in the same season, I don't think they've ever expected to be a pair of top five teams.
1: And let's also be honest, before we, we get too into this, there's a chance they could also both have three losses by the time that game comes around.
0: Oh, absolutely. Neither one of them played Auburn yet, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them played, uh, well, I'll tell you that back Mississippi State actually just smoked A&M. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, Ole Miss Tusk play A and M. Yes. And in the SEC West and the SEC in general, that's the scary part is, you know, the week that you think you're looking by somebody, that's the team that sneaks up and you know beats your ass somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it is highly improbable that it's gonna happen. But after getting through that hurdle this weekend, this past weekend, man, you can you can almost you you can see the faint flicker of light saying we can have the biggest egg boulder's ever been
1: and it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to and, and,
0: and, and by the way uh old miss and every well basically everyone they they made Katy perry look Katy perry needs a, a permanent seat at college game day
1: yeah yeah sure and she needs permanent seat
0: and by the and they also need to go to the grove i think every weekend so
1: it can't go it can't get worse <laughs> So, hey,
0: she she got them right though. She she nailed her pants
1: yeah, I'm sure that's yeah, we all. Need she...
0: need to get her into the we need to get her into the crystal clear Pepsi six pack.
1: I'm sure that's not all she nailed. But
0: oh well, she was
1: uh, looking hard at Trevor Knight. <laughs> she yeah she yeah. Um, let's talk about now a team that you've been mentioning and basically take driving the bus over and then backing up and running oh. over them again. Florida in turmoil. As Skylar Morningwig and freshman defensive lineman Gerald Willis III fought outside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium around 7 o'clock a couple nights ago. So that's going on. And then, uh, oh, by the way, Treon Harris has been uh, suspended for sexual assault allegations. Something that the the state of Florida has never had to deal with, with a major (laughs) college uh, quarterback who is also a freshman. (laughs) never has that happened ever (laughs) oh man in
0: in northern florida of all places right
1: yeah exactly it just it's stunning that you know a a school would actually suspend a quarterback in florida anyway um what what do we make of florida right now i mean i'm i I hate florida i know you hate florida as well it's it's very nice to see them melting down like this but what what is going on what is going on with will muschamp's team right now
0: well, I'm sure something we'll touch on as well. Um, locally for us here in the, Nash, in the Rocky Mountain area, uh, another black eye for Florida. <laughs> 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 we didn't even get to that. Yeah. We didn't get to that yet. We'll get to that in a minute. <sighs> to me, it's almost coming. It's like that dreaded, you know, the coach has lost the locker room. Yeah. I mean, I, I, oh, man. Mustchamp for so long was this hotshot assistant who could do no wrong. You know, it was never his fault if something happened. It was always, you know, it was Matt Brown's fault in Texas or you know, God forbid it was Saban's fault at LSU. Um Mustchamp came in was basically given the keys to the kingdom because Urban Meyer, you know, for whatever anyone wants to say, Urban Meyer left him so stinking loaded with talent that it, it was not funny. I mean, he had five stars on top of five stars in there.
1: He was having heart and, trouble. That's why he had to leave.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for them to go on probation anyway now, but still, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just something ungodly toxic around there. And I'm not just talking about the swamp water that surrounds Gainesville, of course. um, there's something that just – I mean, do they not respect the coach? Did they just – I mean, have they just uh, – have they just recruited shitty kids? I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know. But there is something totally going on there, and it is is—it is bad. It is a dumpster fire. It is, it is every – you know, every description you can come up for it is pretty much is right on. And the sad part is, Muschamp is going to get fired because of his record and his record on the field, not his record off the field.
1: Yeah, it's it's really awful to see just how bad things have turned now for Florida, and and just the the quality of people they seem to have. I mean, for Muschamp, he can't even really uh, bench his quarterback uh, Driscoll who's not doing very well because his second string quarterback is getting into a fight like and you have well, no well, one and
0: actually, that's, that was his third string because Trayon Harris
1: that's was true. probably
0: going to be his starter
1: excuse me you're right you're right he was he was bumped <laughs> up to second because Trayon Harris you know is 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 right now facing charges of sexual assault
0: exactly I mean, it is it's bizarre i mean you know and then we get into the whole fact that, uh, you know, someone went on Twitter and actually thought, man, it'd be a good idea to pretend that I coach at Florida since it's such a good situation right now. I'm going to pretend I'm a coach there and I'm going to offer kids scholarships.
1: It's – it's that, that story is just insane. Do you want to talk about it or – or do you want to just let that Hell seep no, into the...
0: Let's, let's throw it out there real quick. Uh, of sure. course, right here in the Rocky Mountain area where we originate from, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, eastern, eastern part of the state in uh, Nash County. Um, our, the best player in Nash County this year, a three-star defensive end named Hashun Gaines, mm-hmm. who we're, we're going to see him on Friday night in person. Yes.
2: Um,
0: Hashun Gaines, who uh, had multiple Division One football offers. Uh, had his press conference. You were there, saw it firsthand, Ed. I did. Committed to the University of Florida, put on the hat, did the whole ceremony. All right, everything's great. Going to be a Gator. Wes hates you already, but whatever. <laughs> uh, um, and then, Ed, after we did our football game on Friday night, you called me while I was at the uh, drive-in at uh, Taco Bell and Wilson, and you said um, you need to look at Twitter because uh, apparently Hishon Gaines is no longer going to Florida. Yes, a very turns mysterious twist. Kid, turns out the kid got catfished by someone on Twitter posing as um, posing as one of the assistant coaches at Florida. Um, where do I start with this? A, oh man, I've, I've, I've met Hashun Gaines. I've talked to him a few times. Don't know him, know him like that. If someone is offering me the opportunity that they're going to pay for me to go to college for four to five years mm-hmm. and be an integral part of their athletic program, I just want to hear them say it. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear them say it. You know, you can t- you can send me an email or a tweet or whatever, and you can say yeah, we're offering you. Well, why don't you just call me real quick and let's just get this official and make sure exactly what we're talking about especially before I walk in front of what turned out to be the nation and said, you know, uh, I want to come, I'm, I'm going to play football in Florida. Just, just, just maybe triple, make sure that, you know, that, that scholarship offer is, is there.
1: Yeah. Really, really want to make sure really that. And, and here's the, here's the sad part. And always,
0: and always, always, leave a note, Ed.
1: Do, do, do that. Um, not like a lot of people listen to this podcast and really know who we're talking about in terms of like also the the management at the school but i think it's fair to say that given given the coaching staff at Nash Central and given the some of the upper level people at that school this isn't totally surprising um <laughs> that 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 nobody would have checked with a coach from florida in, in this part of the process and said, hey, Gaines is thinking about, or not thinking about, he's, he's wanting to commit to you guys. You're cool with that, right? Okay, just before he goes in front of his family and peers and declares that he's going to your school next year, we just like to hear you say that that's still cool. All right, fantastic.
0: Well, and just, so Ed, are you saying that, um, you know, we just talked about the dumpster fire that is Florida, are you saying that Sean Gaines was jumping out of one fire and maybe jumping into another
1: one? <laughs> he, hey, he might have gotten saved he might he might have been uh he what might have happened to you know what you're probably right you're probably right i mean now i mean if if the the offers from Virginia Tech and miami are are still legit and on the table, he can still go to a really good school
0: oh yeah well, you know you've seen stuff especially just on like the Rocky Mountain Telegram website. I think I, I was looking through comments earlier on, uh, on our good friend, Andrew Ivans got his name, right on, uh, on this story. And somebody said, Oh, now he'll pro- Now he's probably just going to end up at a D two school. No, mm. no, no people. He's still going to end up at a division one major conference school. If that's what he wants to do, you know, just because he suddenly uh, committed, that does not mean that everyone else pulled their offer to him. I'm sure if Frank Beamer wants him bad enough that Frank Beamer will say, Hushan, you know, we would love to have you at Virginia Tech. Or Al Golden would say, Hushan, we'd love to have you at Miami. Or uh, apparently Dave Dorn would love to have him at NC State.
1: I'm sure Dave Dorn would.
0: Because now, of course, we know with college recruiting, no one ever decommits.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Oof.
1: laughs> that yeah. wouldn't happen. No, no no all right let's talk about our final uh, little story here of the day um we got to get our dumb nfl story of the day in. uh beats beats by dre uh apparently are not going to be allowed to be shown on camera being worn by players anymore this comes as part of an exclusive contract with bose headphones uh we saw something like this during the world cup where only samsung phones could be shown or i believe it was the olympics where only Samsung devices could be shown and not Apple products. Um, so this is another thing like that. But again, with everything else going on in the NFL, this probably isn't something they should have come out and taken a hardline stance on right now, no matter what Bose is telling you. Well,
0: um, I mean, it, in, the, in the big picture, it's not a big deal.
1: Well, Beats all. are worn by – I mean, you, you. we've seen warm-ups. We've seen NFL players coming in off the bus. These Beats headphones are fairly ubiquitous now in the NFL. Well,
0: true, true. Um, I mean, I don't see it as being really a big deal. But once again, here's, here's the problem for the NFL. So you're telling me you can come out pretty quickly with a hardline stance about headphones mm-hmm. – but you know, beat your wife. It's okay. Yeah, it's. <laughs> As it's, we get back, to that, we we can't make a decision about that quickly at all. But we can make a quick decision about you wearing some damn headphones that you know that we're not making any money off of. It
1: it is it is just stunning and shows what I, I think is a a complete lack right now of self awareness of the NFL. Um, well, you need all the positive publicity you can get. This is not it.
0: No, I mean, it's insane. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a friend on Twitter this week who, and this explains it all, I had a friend on Twitter who uh, put on there, you know, kind of made the comment, I think probably after seeing Belichick wearing whatever the hell Belichick decided to wear on Sunday, why, why, does, why does the NFL not make all of these coaches show up and wear a suit and tie when they coach? And I've simply replied to him pretty quickly, <laughs> hadn't heard back since, but I said uh, I said easy they're not making any money off the suits that's true that's true because they can't put their logo on the suit apparently is- I mean it's 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 nothing but the bottom line the dollar for the NFL and I understand you have to make money to uh, you know to continue whatever they need all their money for
1: give people concussions
0: I, yeah you got to pay off the concussion people um but it's like you said, it's just, it's such a lack of perspective where, you know, you've had all this bad publicity and now well, I wouldn't say this is bad publicity, but it makes you look, it makes you look petty. Yeah, exactly. Now it's just like, you know, all these important issues, but this is the one
1: thing that you can make a decision on. Exactly. It's
0: some fan headphones.
1: It's, it's just silly. It's, it's typical. It is typical of the NFL under Roger Goodell. But what is not typical is our next segment, uh, which hopefully will become a recurring segment called The Watch. And as I put in the show rundown, I really hope you can maybe come up with a better name for this segment than I did because it's pretty terrible right now. Um, we're going to keep you updated on some of the shows. Wasn't, we wasn't, are- wasn't,
0: that, an, wasn't that an NBC show one year, The Watch?
1: Uh, Night, Night Watch i don't know anyway um oh god we're terrible um we're gonna fill you in on some of the shows we are watching especially this fall as all the new shows are just about back um wes you mentioned early in the show you love the sons of anarchy uh you are very hype i believe this is the last season
0: the last ride in the last ride excuse me excuse me oh so
1: good do you, want to, do you want to tell the people a little bit at home about what's going on? Maybe they want to jump on the bandwagon?
0: Oh, man. Uh, talking about Sons of Anarchy and catching up on it. Um, this is Season 7. I don't have time to go through the first <laughs> six to give you the storyline. <laughs> you can go back and watch those. I've recommended it to you as well. Yes, you did. I will I'm probably gonna, get to it one day. Probably one day you'll hit it. Kind of like one day I'm going to hit The Sopranos still. So. There you go. Um, there you go. Things
1: happen is what I gathered from your Twitter. Things
0: happen, exactly. Um, this entire season is kind of revolving around uh, the end of season six where uh, Jackson Teller, the main character, Jax, as he's known as, his wife was uh, murdered by his mother. Oh, um, it's not good. Total mi- it was just a big misunderstanding, but there ended up being like a steak fork stabbed into her head. Uh-huh. Uh sometimes. Um, to save her own skin, she has uh blamed the uh Chinese syndicate, always a good idea, yeah. Uh, which has basically put the uh the motorcycle club and their allies, um, basically trying to run like an underground, like backdoor war against the Chinese without the Chinese actually knowing they're the ones having the war against them. It, it's it's intriguing, I'm telling you. This is a tough one just to tell people about. <laughs> you, you gotta watch it, um but last night ended with intrigue with uh, Jax's mother having a gun pointed at her head. And we don't know what's going to happen when the episode comes back. Um, (laughs) and like i said unless you know the show it's
1: kind of hard for me to. no i understand i understand but we'll uh we'll keep people updated now throughout the rest and maybe we'll also
0: i'm gonna give you the big spoiler at the end of the year apparently everybody's gonna die
1: oh that'll be fun that's a fun way to go out it's
0: been said it's gonna make the red wedding look like a child's birthday party
1: oh boy fun times we'll we'll keep up with you on that one and with other shows you watch throughout the season um of course i am watching different shows um right now i in fact just last night or tuesday night depending on when you're listening to this i watched a new episode of marvel's agents of shield which has gotten quite a bit better in its second season uh basically after midway through the first season when they started incorporating the hydra plotline. That was introduced in the uh, the Winter Soldier movie, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. Robert Redford has an amazing performance in that. Um, very very good show. Now, um, very very rocky start. Getting better and better. Had some good twists. Uh, we find out that uh, Gemma is uh, is working for Hydra, but she is actually a, now a double agent, and is fantastic. We saw the uh, few great superpowers introduced and um some really good dynamics uh fits uh one of the other scientist characters who's now dealing with brain damage uh he's being it's a really great performance and you can really feel where oh my god now he has the man who who pushed him out of the plane that made him get the brain damage and now he's in front of him and he's controlling his air so what did our character Fitz suffer that made him lose uh or get brain damage, hypoxia. What does he do to the prisoner now that he has him locked in a cell? He lowers the oxygen so he can give him hypoxia. It's fantastic. Loss of brain cells for all. Um, but some really great performances. Uh Clark Gregg is still fantastic as Phil Colson. And uh some developments are inspired. Also introduced the second episode of the season uh as a reoccurring character, not in this past episode, Kyle McLaughlin. From uh, most notably, Twin Peaks, which is coming back in 2016. Wes, we're talking about the uh, the
0: infamous uh, restaurant.
1: No, I don't think that's what we're talking about at all.
0: Yeah. I hope our listeners know about Twin Peaks.
1: Oh. Apparently, we don't. So. <laughs> I uh, you Twin Peaks, one of the. Uh... It's it's basically a jacked up Hooters. Oh, I see. Where where can we find this place?
0: I want to say there's one uh, maybe coming to Raleigh. We'll see.
1: Hooray. Um, <laughs> Kilts in Jacksonville. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the, the Oh, Jay Actionville. Uh, please take oh, us right. back to Fayetteville, NCHSAA. But really, you know, it's it's some great – god, now you've totally made me – oh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is coming back. The show that was made and delivered to our parents – but was made for us 25 years in the future. And it is really great. If you've never had a chance to watch it, it's a really trippy, really weird show by David Lynch. Um, But man, is it good. And man, they're doing a nine episode, one season shoot in uh, Showtime in 2016. And it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Twin Peaks, very good show. Um, It's a show that holds up astoundingly well now. Again, probably... Actually works better today than it did when it actually aired about 25 years ago. So that's what's on the watch for this week. Uh, again, hopefully by next week we will have a better name for this segment. But now it's time get your talcum powder out, everybody. It is time, West Bradshaw, to get so raw. So please regale us with the latest going ons of Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and company.
0: By the way, as you talked about Twin Peaks, I did Google it. There is one in Jacksonville. Of course, there is. Action Jacksonville. So, I'll have to keep that in mind next time I go to the beach. Ah, me, me and the boy may need to make a day trip, so.
1: Good good parenting. Anyway, yeah. so raw.
0: He's almost 10. It's okay. <laughs> um, So raw this week. Uh, so raw at times was so good, and at times was so, so bad. <laughs> what was good about raw, Ed? About four segments were really good on raw. The opening segment... Which uh, featured Dean
2: Ambrose.
0: Of course. Uh, kind of the middle segment, which uh, which featured Dean Ambrose. Hmm. And then the last segment of the night, which, yep, yep, featured Dean Ambrose. I'm sensing a pattern a here. here. You yeah. kind of get the trend if, uh, yeah, you kind of find the trend. Basically, right now, if Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins is involved, it's really good. If they're not. <sighs> Really, really hit and miss with a lot of misses. You're, you're suddenly looking at a lot of uh, Dan Ugla swinging at Oof. the plate.
2: That's not
0: and fair. Right now, Ed, that's kind of what I'm comparing uh, mm-hmm. the WWE programming to is Dan Ugla. Either they're going to completely strike out, or they are going to crush it and hit it out of the park.
2: Oh my!
0: And where did they crush it and hit it out of the park, Ed? Because we finally got a surprise on Monday night while hearing. Uh, Rusev, the, uh, the, the Russian champion Rusev, while, while listening to him and his uh, manager, the ravishing Russian Lana, absolutely <laughs> wow. just tear down the United States again. All of a sudden, Ed, you heard, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? What? And out of the back came the great Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. Wow, did not see that coming. Oh man, no one did I mean, uh, literally I will tell you what I was doing I was, I was sitting on the floor, leaning against the couch I had my phone out I was looking on Twitter, doing something Had it turned up so I could hear what was going on And when I heard the Rock's music hit um, My phone immediately went down My head snapped to the television And I excitedly tweeted an expletive-filled uh, <laughs> tweet
1: I think I remember that one, yeah
0: Something such as, oh fuck yeah, the Rock is back uh, the Rock proceeded to cut a pretty sweet promo um, on Rusev and then proceeded to uh, knock him out of the ring, beat him down rock style. Uh, from everything I've read, it's, it was kind of a one off. Um, they had an open slot kind of in the show, and The Rock, they, they were in Brooklyn on Monday night at the Barclays Center, mm-hmm. and The Rock just happened to be in New York City uh, that day. So it, it just kind of a perfect storm. We brought The Rock in. Um, and The Rock, he, he is known as the, he is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history, and he, he lived up to it. Definitely lived up to it. Um, Hurricane, by the way. Throw up at you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Take it right. Uh, as, as for Mr. Ambrose, who had the other three best segments of the night, uh, of course, the, the feud between he and Seth Rollins continues to intensify. I've been really pleased – with Seth Rollins playing the heel character that he's playing. Mm -hmm. He he's he's somewhat like an old school heel where yes, he will beat you down, but he's only gonna beat you down when he can get you at an advantage. You know, he's that old school guy who, you know, he has to while he he actually may be the best pure wrestler on the roster, Mm -hmm. his character plays well enough where he needs to cheat to beat you. And that's how you really develop a bad guy. I mean, you know, they they try, it seems like they always want to develop these guys who they're just physically dominant, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, other than the fact that you're physically dominant, why should I hate you?
2: Right.
0: Seth Rollins brings out real hate feelings in people, and that's what sells tickets at wrestling. Mm -hmm. And Dean Ambrose is just the perfect foil for him. And they went at it a couple of times. Um, it's almost worth a YouTube watch to see Dean Ambrose roll a hot dog cart, a hot dog stand cart down the aisle, um, and use it as a weapon. Always fun. Wow. An actual hot dog stand. Because in the middle of the show, he decided, uh, he, 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 he and John Cena while fighting somewhat the same cause, which is Seth Rollins. Um, they do not care for each other. Uh, they were supposed to be a tag team and, uh, Dean Ambrose basically told Cena to stuff it. He was going to Coney Island to get a hot dog, and he'd see him later. Little did we know he would return with an actual hot dog cart. So good times from Ambrose. Uh, We did get a big announcement for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view coming up in a few weeks. John Cena will take on Dean Ambrose in a one-on-one match, and the winner of that match will, at the end of the night, get Seth Rollins locked inside Hell in a Cell, And we'll finally get a one-on-one matchup, which should have no interference. And um, hopefully WWE will let us see some blood at the pay-per-view because it could be an absolutely brutal match. Mm. And hopefully they won't fuck it up and let John Cena beat Ambrose. So we hopefully we'll just get Ambrose and Rollins, which is what everyone's wanted for about three months.
1: It would be the best thing for everybody.
0: It would be lovely. Uh, We did get an update on Roman Reigns. He's feeling better
1: fantastic well i'm i'm so excited to get roman reigns back in our lives and hopefully hopefully very soon um if you would like to get in our lives and interact with us on social media you can do so uh, a number of different ways of course our twitter is at all new sports show wes yours is
0: at West Bradshaw21.
1: I am at Edward Green. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, Facebook.com slash all Sports show, Instagram.com slash all YouTube.com slash the allnew sports show. Email us sports show at gmail.com. Mail us 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mount, North Carolina, 27804. Of course, all of those are in the podcast description. And we want to thank all our providers, podbean.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio for holding on to the podcast for us and delivering it to you. And of course, if you want any of those links or an RSS feed, to download it to the podcast app of your choice, Podcast Republic for West Bradshaw. Well,
0: that's it. I'm a Podcast Republic guy
1: myself. Yes, I finally got it right this time. All right, it's, um, those those links are on the Facebook post when the podcast goes up. So go to our Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com slash allnewsportsshow. All right, Wes, it's been a big, big show today. And, of course, we'll have plenty more coming in Episode 24 next week. Uh, we'll still have soccer to talk about. We'll have an international break to wrap up, as well as a look ahead to the next slate of Premier League matches. We'll have another set of baseball games to talk about. Another crazy weekend of college football. Uh, hopefully Todd Gurley goes nuts against Missouri. And, of course, I'm sure the NFL will do something incredibly stupid before we meet again. So before we do, uh, is there anything else you want to mention on the pod, Wes?
0: Um, uh, just just a quick shout-out, mostly to myself and my amazing uh, coaching uh, <laughs> of my tenu baseball team, Ed. The uh, South Edge Cone 10U now stands at 2-0 on the season. Uh, after a big win in uh, at Southern Nash on the,
1: Tuesday, the podcast has missed getting caught up on your goings on as a coach. We remember back in the spring summer uh, when we first started this podcast, when you were stealing bases left and right, and basically doing all things great. But you couldn't you couldn't quite get the treble.
0: No, no, no. Went for the treble, ended up with the double. Um, lost out on the treble because at the end of the year we decided to stop hitting.
1: That's always a problem. but Hopefully that doesn't continue to happen in fall ball or next spring. And we'll keep up to date, of course, here on the all-news sports show, the podcast for producer Des. That was Wes Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy college football. Enjoy everything in life. Just get ass after it, America. That's a true, truly American.